You're listening to Normal Stories, a podcast from Cross and Crown Church in Seattle. Hear the normal stories of the people that sit in the row right next to yours and engage with God's glory found in even the simplest moments of life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Normal Stories where we hear stories from people and we think that our stories are normal, even though they're extraordinary because God is working in our lives. Hey, Aaron. Hi, how are you? You know, our city has been occupied. It is burning to the ground, I think, at some points. <laughs> Apparently COVID is still around. Uh, but overall, with all of the chaos and the shenanigans that are happening, um, you know, I'm doing good. I am optimistic that God is moving and that God is doing something bigger than I can foresee. Because if not, it'd be pretty hopeless. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it is, it has definitely been a hard couple of weeks and heavy couple of weeks. And there's, there is a lot of stuff happening. Um, but I'm excited that we get to kind of take a step back from that uh, for the next 40 minutes or so. And, hear from our guest today, um, hear a little bit of his story and kind of how he's gotten to where he is today and see oh. where God is glorified in that. Yeah. And you know, you are right. It, it, it has been heavy is probably the best word to describe it. And I know that my default is to try to find humor to mask the, the frustration, the sadness and the uh, hardship that comes with that. So I, I do appreciate that you brought up that it, it's been heavy. There's just a lot to do. And, and uh, we all have our ways of coping with it. And I think sometimes mine is to <laughs> make it a little light because if it's too heavy, it's hard to, to function. So thank you for that. <laughs> My pleasure. But do you want right. to great... tell the people who we have? Oh, yes, I do. I'm excited. Um, this is fun because, uh, in my opinion, I feel as though the guest that we have today is a kindred spirit and how God has worked in his life and kind of how God sort of worked in my life as well. A little bit different as far as the specifics, but like how God does what he does and to pull people in. So we have the honor if you would say, the honor to have Emerson Fulton here today. He is uh, on staff now. He is our head bean counter. He does all <laughs> sorts of spreadsheets and numbers. He's the reason why the doors can stay open and they don't close, although it's out <laughs> yeah, of our control for the closed part. <laughs> but yeah, he... Um, you know, didn't like go to a seminary, didn't, you know, study to like go into full-time ministry, but yet here he is. And uh, I think it's, it's just fun to hear from like his story of like, how did you get from there to here? And so uh, Emerson, welcome to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's fun to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Now you are a uh, longtime listener from what I understand. Is that true? All, all eight episodes? Oh yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm a big podcaster, so there my feed is constantly being updated. So you guys made the rotation. Good for you. Sweet. Yes. Um, Emerson, other than us, what is the most recent podcast you've been listening to? Yeah, I was listening just half an hour ago. There's one called The Reformed Brotherhood, and it is two brothers one Presbyterian, one Baptist, and it's just conversations on all sorts of theology and 
topics going on in the day and it's just two really smart guys but not not pastors so i kind of feel like i'm sitting there with them i'm just a fly on the wall so i've i've listened to i don't know them for a couple of years and i i seem to get a lot out of it so i enjoy it oh that's yeah. good there's always you know i like it when they're not always pastors because it's like oh you just love jesus and you're like in yeah exactly cool um, and as i recall I, I, you are also a a happy rant podcast fan right I, like that's I've something you and i have in common bit. Oh, yeah, I've dropped okay. off a little bit, but no, I've listened to Happy Rant a long time. And then I love when they do like their sports po- podcast or their sports episodes. <laughs> I find those those super interesting. And their sarcasm <laughs> and their banter is just, it's a nice, just like uh, breath of fresh air from kind of all the nonsense. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, uh, you like good food, Emerson. That's That's a correct statement. Yeah. No, no, that is I thought not. you were uh, like, no. you just like food. You like food. Yeah. So growing up, like my mom's love language was mass quantities of now I've learned was mediocre food. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> at the time, like massive lasagnas. And like, I remember one time, like I had a couple of buddies come over and we, she just like baked a cake. And so we just ate the whole cake. And like, so <laughs> I... <laughs> I would prefer Domino's as opposed to most other pizza places. So definitely not a foodie. Uh, yeah, I, I just like mass quantities of foodie of food. Well, yeah. this makes my qu- <laughs> my next question even more exciting. So what what restaurant or food are you dying to have open back up uh, when we can actually go to places? So I, I I'm I can't wait to hear what you say next. Yeah. Uh, so one that wasn't big for me growing up, but my wife and her family, like Spaghetti Factory. I'm all about the Spaghetti Factory. Now that you have kids, it's very kid friendly. Um, so I'm all about Let's Let's get back to the factory. I'm all about it. Man, I, uh, I did not expect The closest that. one is up in Linwood. Yeah. 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 Not that far away. We, we've done takeout. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not above that. Fair. Fair. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I know you podcast a lot. Are you much of a like a TV movie guy or we used to be a big movie couple and then we had children and it's just really hard to spend two and a half hours watching anything. So we're all about the TV shows now. And the past year, like we are all in on Survivor. And like I I wasn't, but Melanie and her family have, and they drug me in at first. I would kind of watch them a distance and be like, that's silly. And then now I'm like, this is amazing. So (laughs) we, we just go back and watch previous seasons. What season are you on now? We're watching 15. It's in, we're in China. Okay. Okay. We just finished 40. And then if you have like CBS all access, which is like six bucks a month, like totally worth it. You can just binge. And it (laughs) is delightful. It's and it's funny, most people, they watch Survivor and I think they get really fired up because they think I could do that. Like I could compete. I look at that and go, I will be awful at that. Like I don't like being, I don't like when my hands are dirty. I don't like being cold. I like eating large quantities of food, <laughs> um, but I find it super interesting and like the idols and the gameplay and yeah, I'm all in, all in. Is there is there a character that you identify with out of all the ones you've watched? You're like that's... That's someone that speaks to my heart. Not one, because again, I don't see myself being able to play the game, but I love Boston Rob. He's like one of the the most famous and he's just so good. The way that he can like 
bring people in, but you know, he's manipulating them. And then he's like sneaky athletic, which I appreciate. So yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. I, yeah. I think you hit the one that we like the most at our house too. Like I, the kids have been watching it a lot with a, a net. And so I'll sneak in. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's extreme camping is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's fun to see they've done 40 seasons. You go back to the first ones and it was hardcore. Like, Mm-hmm. The elements were the really difficult part. And now like they got so much rice and it's like not even that big of a deal. It's more the social idol, that part of the game. But like, you go back to the beginning and like these people would lose 45 pounds or 50 pounds. Like it was, it was intense. So I, I'm, it's very fun to watch with my wife. The first ones almost feel more like the biggest loser. Uh, yeah. And like they're all, you know, and then you get a prize <laughs> money for losing a bunch of weight. <laughs> totally. Totally. People are just like, there's no food. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, they have to feed them. Like, they can't, but it, it's fun. I enjoy it. It sounds like the opposite of fun to me. I can honestly <laughs> say I have never seen an episode of Survivor. Really? Not one. I'm familiar wow. with the concept. My mom and yeah. my sisters love the show, like, TVO it, watch it together, love it. I, I'm not a huge reality TV person to begin with, with the occasional foray into Real Housewives, which is terrible. And I know, but it's, you know, I enjoy, uh, but yeah, those like adventure shows, whatever the one is that they run around the world. Amazing race. Yep. Yep. Never. I've never, I think I've Mm. seen half an episode of that one, Mm. but yeah. Yeah. Odd man out right here. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, um, how about we let our listeners hear more of what you would call your normal story here, Emerson. And then I'd love to kind of like just kind of zoom in and zoom out of some of the stuff that you've, uh, you know, done for your life and, you know, maybe can figure out like how you ended up at a church. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you kind of the, the couple minute story of, of how I got on staff at, at Cross and Crown. Um, grew up in Spokane, Washington, so lovely Spokane, and came over to the University of Washington for college. And I grew up in a, in a Christian home, really godly parents that talked about the gospel. We always went to church, very strong foundation. Um, and so that was kind of my upbringing. I always had a good sense of, of right and wrong and felt like I was quote unquote, following the Lord or whatever I would, whatever terminology I would have used. And then got to the University of Washington, had no idea what I was going to study. Actually, it was kind of random that I even ended up there. My sister went to WSU. My mom went to the University of Idaho. And then I was going to go to WSU. And my buddy in high school is like, UW is better academically. You should apply. So I did. And I got in. So I just kind of waltzed on over. with No real plans. Um, and then found accounting that's kind of a weird way of saying that but i i found like a, accounting like girl. Uh, people find accounting <laughs> yeah stumbling along the quad one day oh yeah do accounting <laughs> and uh my mom's a cpa so it's in it's in the blood i'm supposed to be an accountant um and so went to the business school there and but from a spiritual perspective it wasn't until my senior year at the university of washington that god confronted me in the midst of my sin. Um, and for the first time in my life, I saw my sin as an offense to a holy God instead of just 
um, not wanting to sin because society or my parents or my girlfriend at the time would look down on that, or I would get in trouble. So it was always, what are the earthly ramifications for this wrongdoing as opposed to there is a holy God and I have offended him. And so that was when I probably heard the gospel my entire life, but I'd never been born again. There was never a conviction over sin. Uh, There was never, never new desires of wanting to know him, wanting to be in the word prayer, sanctification, uh, these these would all have been foreign to me. I could have explained at a high level what the gospel was and spoke to Christianese, but never took root in my life. There was no new birth. There was no desire to be like Jesus. And so that was when I was 20, 21, again, a senior at UW. Um, and right at that point, I'd ended a long-term relationship by God's grace. That was an unhealthy relationship and kind of through this confrontation with sin. I was like, oh man, this is bad. Like my life is in shambles. And I was playing the game pretty well as a, as a quote unquote Christian. Um, so that's when the Lord saved me. Um, and immediately I saw a change in my life, uh, from a, the biggest one was a huge thirst for knowledge. Like, what do I believe? What is this gospel? Who is Jesus? If I say, like, I kept thinking, like, if I if I say that I love Jesus and want to obey, like, why don't, why don't I obey him? Why don't I know anything about him? This doesn't make any sense. So the next five years was just an unbelievable desire to listen to everything I could read the scriptures and grow in my knowledge. And then about, I got saved. And within the next year, I met my wife, Melanie, and we got married within a year. Um, so I've been married coming up on seven years. Um, so yeah, huge blessing there from back kind of to like a, career perspective, I I was doing accounting. Um, I started at a big accounting firm called Deloitte and Touche. It sounds very fancy and it is. Um, If you've ever heard or ever seen the uh, series Suits on USA, very much felt like that. Um, (laughs) I was working hundred hour weeks. uh, So pretty brutal. And like, it's, it's salaried. Like you're not, (laughs) you're not making (laughs) extra cash. I mean, I remember they're like, Hey, like, we're going to work a little bit later tonight, but we get free dinner. I'm like, I'm going to work till midnight and I get pizza. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like that evens out. Um, and so I knew uh, through that first year, I was like, first of all, auditing is not accounting at all. This is a fast one that they pulled over me. So I knew <laughs> I long-term did not want to be there. I always, I'm always thinking ahead, like, do I see my boss ahead of me? And do I, do I want their role? Do I think that I would be successful? And I looked up and I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. So I moved from Deloitte to Zillow. So the online real estate company. And I spent six years there. Uh, My title was kind of a mouthful. I did uh, financial reporting and technical accounting. So any sort of goofy accounting, if you will, that's kind of what my team took on. So any sort of weird transaction or uh, reporting to the government for uh, our quarterly earnings. That's what I did. It sounds like it could be like a show based on that. Like it's like oh, the, yeah. the dark web of accounting. <laughs> oh, totally. I, I literally thought if you watch Suits, like that I am Mike Ross and that would make me feel better about my life. Um, but throughout that entire time, the Lord was continuing to grow me in my faith. I think at a very rapid pace. And so unfortunately, m- my wife, Melanie, I think she thought she was marrying a mature Christian because, you know, I'd been a Christian my whole life. Not so much. 
So she was in a whirlwind of me learning a lot and trying to apply that and stumbling and falling. And there was just a lot of growth in that, I think, for both of us. Luckily, the Lord is really gracious. And we kind of moved together through that path. Mm-hmm. Along And during that time, probably a few years into Zillow, I just started to have the desire that I wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to be in the... And in the details with within a church, um, I thought that I I enjoyed what I was doing at Zillow, but I just at, at a bottom level I didn't care. I think that maybe that's not the best way of putting it, but I was doing my job, but I just it just wasn't. That's all it was. It was just a job. I didn't care about the numbers as far as what is this moving towards. Do I care about the vision of this company? Is this moving towards something that fires me up every single day? Um, so I started praying. I started saying, Lord, if you want me into ministry uh, with, with the hope of moving into a, a church position and one day maybe even becoming a pastor, like one, you need to uh, have my wife agree. Two, you need to have my local, like my church agree. And three, there actually needs to be an opening. So if, if you want me to do this, I trust you. You've given me this desire keep this desire burning and have those three things happen. And at this point, we weren't even going to Cross and Crown yet. We were going to a different church and we left that church for some theological convictions and ended up at Cross and Crown, not by chance, by research. And I knew where we were going kind of thing. And so we ended up there. And then over a, a almost over a two and a half year span, those three, three things kind of came into place. Originally, Melanie was like, whoa, like married an accountant, like, what are we doing? Kind of uh, like, I don't know if you should be wanting to move into ministry, but through lots of conversations, one day she just came to me. She's like, yeah, like I, I see that in you. I see that desire. And I see that the Lord has gifted you. Like during this time we were leading and we still are leading like a theology group in our house, which is super fun. We're moving through Grudem together and we've been doing it for two and a half years and super fun. So she was on board and I was like, that's awesome. Didn't see that happening that quickly. And then the second one was through conversations with with Pastor Simon and Pastor Adam started to develop those relationships and just kind of raise my hand and say, I'm interested if you ever need someone. Um, (laughs) And so that kind of grew into, hey, there needs to be a need on both sides. And it wasn't a quick process, but I think it was perfect, the Lord's timing. And so that role opened up. And so the Lord just answered answered all those prayers from my wife needing to be on board as a family decision to my local pastors affirming that and then there actually being an opening within the church that made sense for everyone so i have been on staff since one one so coming up on six <laughs> months and i am still figuring things out today like or even today i was like oh that's how that works like okay <laughs> good to know um, so it's it's been good it's been good i every day is there's some good days, some bad days, but at the end of the day, I enjoy what I do and I care. Like it is so yeah. much fun to be in the details and in the finances. Like that's my world, but I care. I care where, what, why things work the way they do and how can I even use the finances to help disciple. It just all those conversations energize me instead of what I used to, what I used to do. So that's kind of the, that's the story. Flyby. Yeah. Emerson, one thing, well, a couple of things that I really like what you said that kind of resonate and remind me of my story is um, working. So I've twice made the leap from, you know, public sector work to 
vocational ministry. Uh, Mm -hmm. And both times it was kind of similar to what you articulated. It's just that I kind of get into this place of feeling like I like my job and I enjoy the people that I work with, but what's the goal? Like, is the goal just to make money for the CEO? Like, good for him, but like, okay. Um, And yeah, and kind of similar to you, I'm, my role in the church is, is administrative, is background, kind of behind the scenes doing stuff. It's not, it's not really what, what I would call frontline, you know, it's not being a pastor. It's not preaching. It's not kind of being, being FaceTime as much. Um, and in a lot of ways, what I'm doing now is very similar to what I did in um, the corporate world. Mm-hmm. But the purpose is totally different, yeah. right? The why, the why we're doing it is totally different, and that makes the job completely different. Yeah, it, it makes all the difference to to be fired up in the morning too. I mean, I'm doing very similar tasks, mm-hmm. but just where where it's going, I'm just yeah. excited about. I'm just really excited there's, about. There's something about the eternal purpose. Of things, and it's not. The, and I, I don't want to clarify that because I think we can go well. If I'm not in ministry, I'm not doing eternal value, and that's not true. That's an inaccurate statement. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I would say that people don't probably don't know that you were actually really successful with sharing Jesus to a lot of your coworkers, actually your boss, as a matter of fact, um, who started coming to the church. I'm like, that's hilarious that you like got your boss to start coming uh, to church. So it wasn't like you weren't doing eternal value things. I think that what we see in those moments is that God starts to fan that fire of like, I don't want to just do this a little bit. I want to do this all the time. Like that is my deepest desire that um, I don't want to waste any time on these other things, which are good and lucrative, but this is where I find um, the fact that I, I just, this is the purpose that God's given me. I don't know if I articulated that well, how you, what you were going through. Totally. And like during my time at Zillow, like I did a lot of, reading and listening on kind of the theology of work. Like, Hey, God's, God's work happens everywhere. It happens at Zillow. It happens at Amazon all like, and I, I knew the theological arguments and I was like, yeah, I agree. But at the end of the day, I kept coming back and being like, but not for me. Like, I, I think the Lord has continued to put this strong desire that won't go away because I think he wants me to be more intricately designed in the day-to-day operations of the local church. Yeah. And it, you know, it's also good for our our listeners to hear, like, it wasn't like one day you're like, oh, here's what it is. Now I'll get involved. Like I got hired. I mean, you were involved in so many areas. I know that one of the first times that we got together, um, me and another guy came out and we interviewed you to be a, a CG leader. And we did like a little mini interview at the Starbucks in downtown and I was like, yeah, this guy is going to do great. I'm, I'm really excited about it. So you were like serving in all these areas and you became kind of a known quantity at the church of a guy who's really willing to jump in and to serve. And it's really that kind of that talents principle, right? We give you a little bit and see what you do with that. And as you do more, we give more and more uh, with that. Yeah, I knew that if there were going to be an opportunity at Cross and Crown, it, it wasn't just going to be like, we have this open position and like, Hey, you, you show up once in a while. Why don't you apply? It was like, Hey, I lead a CG and I help lead the service teams and I'm here every Sunday and I'm just like popping around your office and just like, Hey, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Trying to, and trying to be involved. And 
to dip my toe in and be like, is this something that I'm interested in? Am I enjoying these things? Or is it kind of like, that's enough. Like I can still work at Zillow and I'm being fulfilled enough by volunteering in these areas. So I kind of was trying to play it out on, on both. Just like, if I'm going to make a move for me and my family, this needs to be, it's a big thing. And I didn't want to take it lightly. Yeah. You also went through an assessment process too. Like it wasn't like you were like, Hey, let's just roll the dice and see how this goes. What was that like? Totally. <laughs> yeah. The assessment was something. Um, <laughs> so it was through Stadia where we're doing, like we did the, the church plant through in, in Brazil. And so very well, like, well, like run organization, but kind of like some mystery of like what it was going to be like. So Adam one day at church was like, Hey, like meet me in my office. I want to run something by you. He's like, yeah, we'd love for you to go through assessment just to see if like that would be a good fit. You get to learn. We get to learn. I was like, great. It kind of was like a little vacation. My wife got to come with me. We're like, we're going to get some like quiet time. We we have children. And so like we were going to be with them for a few days. And it's like, we might get to relax. Um, in the sun. Yeah, in the sun. We're going to Texas. It's going to be great. Um, oh, and we got down so there on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And like, so it started at five. So like any normal conference would happen is you'd meet at five. You'd have the orientation say, Hey, rest up. We'll see you tomorrow at 8am. These people, they, (laughs) we did like an orientation at like five to six. And then we had dinner where we had like share our story in front of everyone until like seven. And then we did another activity. It's like seven 45 and like, Oh, now find random people. You're going to put on a church service tomorrow at 8 a.m. And like everyone there is already in ministry. Like they're, they're like being assessed for maybe a different role within the church or bloody. I don't know anything. I, I work at Zillow. And so <laughs> we were up till 1130 midnight planning a church service. It was boot camp, but it was a good thing. Like you just <laughs> trial by fire and see how you respond. Do you like the things they're talking about? Do you agree with the philosophy? And it was just, it was a very unique experience. We did not get that quiet time. That did not happen. <laughs> um, yeah. But looking back on it, it was just a blink and it was, it was good. It was really fun. So I'm glad I did. Yeah. It. And I went through the same one that you did. So like when, when they wanted me to go up into the Edmonds thing, they said, Oh, the new, the new standard we want to put is that anyone who goes into a new position, we want to have them be assessed. It's just good for them to, to do that, to know what you guys have gone through in and no joke. That is that is a no joke assessment, um, and they put you in a in a in a pressure cooker to see what's going to happen and what when they poke on you what's going to come out. It, it's it's uh, it was legit. <laughs> I'm never switching roles. <laughs> you found your place. Forever, I will die as a director of operations. <laughs> oh, now you said. You said something early on when you were talking about your college years, and I think it was really kind of insightful, and maybe you can expand upon that a little bit. Um, this idea of like, I grew up in a Christian home, and I kind of always thought I was a Christian. It seemed like you were kind of stuck in that moralism trap of being a good moral person that defined your Christianity. What was that like? Yeah, I guess I just didn't understand the depths of my sin or... I didn't know the the conflict between having a profession of faith and then having absolutely no fruit. Mm. And so in reflection on that time, like even with conversations with my parents, um, I've tried to explain and been like, 
no, like, I don't, I don't think I was a Christian. And they're like, no, like we know you were like you, you professed Christ, Christ at a young age, you could articulate the gospel and you were a good kid. And then I was like, ah, I think that's where we disagree. I was evil. Like I knew my heart. I knew what was going on. I knew my desires and how distorted and sinful they were. And so they were looking at me from the outside and seeing someone that could, they could look like a Christian, but we know that God looks on the heart. And so, and I knew my heart. And after actually coming to, to, uh, face to face with the truth of the gospel, I was like, man, no, like I, I'm not showing the marks of a Christian. And th- those are difficult waters because we never want to say, well, you didn't progress from here to here in this certain period of time. Therefore, I was trying to really step back and go, is there anything that I can really look to and go, yes, I see the Holy Spirit sanctifying. I see some sort of desire to grow and be like Christ. And there, there just wasn't. I saw a lot of hypocrisy in my own life that I had maybe created some rules that as long as I didn't cross this line in a certain part of my life, then I was fine. But it was like, man, I, and just no, I, I violated scripture in so many ways. And again, I think the important thing is I didn't care. I think- mm-hmm it's one thing to sin and stumble and then go to the Lord in repentance and forgiveness and, and know that you're saved by the blood of Jesus. It's another thing to continue in sin and just continue in sin and continue in sin. You read the book of first John and if you're practicing sin, man, that's, that's a huge warning sign. Um, so yeah, that, that, that those college years is when that a spotlight got shown right on that end I had to kind of come with grips of is, is this a living faith or a dead faith as James would call it. Mm. Was that kind of one, one standout lightning bolt moment, or is that something that the Lord really took some time to peel back and reveal to you? There was actually one moment and the thought popped into my head that it was essentially like your desires were designed for more than this. Like I was pursuing things that were not in accordance with God's word. And I just had this clear thought that I designed these desires in you for my glory and not your own pleasure. And that, and that was a very, just like, Oh, like my decisions matter. Like the way that I live matters. And if I am living in constant conflict with my profession that I believe in Jesus, then maybe this is showing that my profession never meant anything. I kind of give the people an example. When I try to explain this, I say it would be like me saying, I love Melanie. I love my wife. And then I'm going out to the bar or something and talking to other girls and being like, oh, no, no, I love her. Like, I love my wife. And you would all look at that and go, no, you do not. Because your life and your actions don't line up with your profession. And that was just marked all over my life. Mm. I'd like to be clear that I do not do that. I don't go to the bar. <laughs> I love my wife. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the last you, time that Emerson ever worked. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so then it's God spoke to you in that moment that you had that, that thought of this is not what you were designed for. Was that something that you f- fought against? Was that something, an idea that you were reticent to initially, or was that like, 
was your heart already soft for that? And when you heard that, you were like, yep, you're right. And everything changes now. Pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. My heart, God had softened my heart enough or I knew enough of the truth that it wasn't like rebellion there. It was like clarity. Hmm. It was like, oh, like this, this is Christianity. This is actually what this means. Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't a turn. There was more of a running towards Christ at that point to be like, oh, like you're a savior. Like I have these, I have this sin and now I know where to go with it and how to actually get rid of this guilt and this shame that I've been carrying around for so long. Hmm. What a sweet you know, gift. With, yeah. With that comes a lot of those, like those big changes. And then you start making decisions based out of that. Right. So now, you know, this is who I am. This is how I need to live. And you mentioned that you were, you, you were dating someone during that time. And I, I don't know if it was a, a different thing or not, but man, that's a big decision. Was that based out of like breaking up with her? Was that based out of this new found understanding of what it means to love and worship and follow Jesus? Yeah, it was right in the midst of that. It was the combination of that, the combination of this is unhealthy and I'm not ready to get married. And I mean, we were on the steps of, okay, let's like look at engagement rings because that's Mm -hmm. what you do. You've been dating for four years. So what else are you going to do? Um, and it was kind of in the midst of that really saying, do I want to be with her? Does the Lord want me to? And then how broken am I in this relationship? Do I even know what I want, who I am? Am I mature enough to, to be a husband? It, all that was, there were pretty clear answers to me at that point. So yeah, pretty, pretty obvious for what I needed to do. Yeah, I would say most people, you know, you get that deep in a relationship. I mean, Annette and I dated for about four years as well. Like, well, I've already invested all this time, so I guess I'll just kind of go for it. And um, is there anything that maybe? Because I'm just wondering if, like, as I talk with different guys and gals that are that are in relationships that maybe aren't the most healthy, like, is there something that you could help them maybe see or understand that might be beneficial? Like, if they're in that situation, that that you could really encourage them from. Yeah, because anytime you've been in a relationship for that long, yeah, you feel like you've invested so much and that it's like it's a waste if you walk away. But man, the the temporary pain that comes from a breakup is very in in the long run is in no comparison with a healthy relationship grounded in Jesus and actually grounded in in Jesus, like where you both are finding your identity in him and you both find how am I supposed to live by him instead of, yeah, we both go to church like that. There's such a difference between a living and abiding in his word and having that be the center. Then we both went to youth group together in college. So I guess that means that this, this is a Christ centered relationship. Like, <laughs> but I think that that passes so often because that's kind of the culture. Like, yeah, we both go to church. So yeah, we love Jesus. It's just like, it's not like you need to search your heart to know where's my foundation. And as my future spouse is that word there is, is too. having those honest conversations up front are, can be difficult, but man, talk about the fruit that comes from that. And hopefully either heartache avoided or painful conversations that the Lord is using to grow both of you. Like the Lord is just gracious in the midst of a difficult season to, to grow both of us. Hmm. I think that's good that, you know, that the idea of like the temporary heartache, the temporary pain versus kind of the 
the eternal or the the long term and you know the potential to do so much more damage um by being by continuing with something that you know that the lord is saying no to totally totally and like the one thing that i want to clarify is i think that listening to my story can be like wow like in some sense like the Lord grew me in such a short amount of time. And like, I've some way like arrived at like Christian maturity and I am continually <laughs> learning through being married and having two small children that that is really false. And I am seeing so many new ways that I need to grow and, and go to the Lord in repentance and say, help me, help me be a good husband. Help me have patience with my son Carter, who's running around and screaming. And then we've got Brooks who's eight months old. And so there's just a lot going on and it's just a continual, this is now the new stage in my life where, where God is showing me, wow, we got a lot of work to do here. Rely on me again. And so I just want to make sure that, yeah, it's not that I had this great experience. The Lord saved me and things have been just great from a like maturity perspective, like done. Yeah. It was, it was a couple years and I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, it's been continual, uh, learning and sanctification by the spirit of my life. Mm. I Amen. think that's a good, that's a good place to even realize like it's not the, there's no arrival point until we're either standing before him or he comes back for us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's good. And I, I mean, I love your story cause your story has a lot of like, we'll see how this all plays out. Right. As we, <laughs> you got a, a whole three months of being in the office before we all got kicked out. Um, (laughs) and there's a lot to happen, a lot to change. And man, I, I love your story. I, and it's just fun. It reminds me of different parts of my story. Um, I know Aaron, you were saying that it reminded you of some of your story as well and, and how God, he orchestrates and moves his people where they need to be. So they'll be the most effective for what he's called them to do. And I, and I love that. So, man, I want to thank you for, for sharing your story today. And, um, you know, it'll be fun to, I, I can't wait to watch how it plays out and what God does through it ultimately, but man, thank you for the time. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable and, uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing you when we can actually meet inside a building again and hang out. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. It was fun. You bet. Thanks, man. Well, hey, everybody, have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Normal Stories. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at crossandcrownseattle.com. If you're interested in getting connected with Cross and Crown, you can find us online at www.crossandcrownseattle.com. Bye.